0: Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fin's up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Say Zay, September 25th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be discussing the Dolphins' win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm excited to say that the Dolphins got their first win of the season, and boy, what a way to do it. So, to get right into it. They were shredded. The Miami Dolphins shredded the Jacksonville Jaguars Thursday night, taking the victory by a score of 31-13. to The Dolphins, as we all know, had lost their two previous games against the Patriots and Bills by a combined score of 13 points. But I think anyone would say, and I've been saying on the podcast, the games didn't really feel that close. But this game, this game was something different. This is something that Dolphin fans had been craving for a long time. It was a dominating victory. It wasn't a close win. It wasn't a lucky win. This was an absolute dominant performance by the Miami Dolphins. So if we go and we go take a look at the offensive side of the ball, there are a few areas that could get some praise, but I want to begin with the headline of this game, and it's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, the leader of this team. He was as efficient as he's ever been. He didn't have one of those ridiculous stat padded games that everyone knows when they talk about Fitzmagic it wasn't the 400 yards four touchdowns but three interceptions this game on the other hand was surgical Fitzpatrick finish his game, 18 for 20, 160 yards passing, two touchdowns, he had 38 rushing yards and one touchdown. He only threw three passes in this game beyond 15 yards, he threw to seven different players and he had this weird play where the ball was tipped and he caught it himself. It was a surgical game by Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was a perfect display in my opinion of his value to this team. He is the leader of this team and it shows on the plays like his scramble for a first down where he lowered his head instead of sliding, absorbing the contact as if it was nothing. It shows on plays like Gaskin's long run in the first quarter where Fitzpatrick ran ahead of him to go get a lead block. Fitzpatrick's value to this team goes way beyond the stat sheet. Now, as for some other groups on this team, the offensive line in this game, man, it deserves a ton of praise. The Dolphins finished this game with 138 yards rushing. That's the most that the team has had in a single game since week 15 of way back in 2018. They had 91 yards alone on the ground in the first half of this game. And again, remember, this is a team that last year averaged 72 yards per game. So to make a huge jump like that, That is extremely underrated. I think more people need to be aware of what the Dolphins are doing. So are they the elite Cowboys offensive line from a few years ago? You know, of course not, but they have played three games of outstanding football. There are three games, again, without a preseason. It's three games with two rookies who are starting and with two uh, offseason additions, and they have impressed me the first two weeks, and this was just even more of that. Now, to go into some of the guys real quick in detail, uh, Austin Jackson, man, the guy looks like a veteran, he is there, he is as reliable as they come, it looks like, in terms of how a rookie is expected to be playing. And then Solomon Kinley, the guard, he is also a rookie. If you watch him play, you know, you have people saying that the offensive line isn't exciting to watch. And you know, I would be inclined to agree in most circumstances, but if you watch Solomon Kinley, the guy is just an absolute monster, it is So exciting to watch him as a rookie just dominate these veterans right in front of him. Just an awesome guy to watch. Definitely keep your eye on him in future games if you go back and watch it. So fun to watch. And then if we look at the running back here, Miles Gaskin, he got off to a very hot start in the beginning of this game. He had 33 yards rushing, another 19 through the air in just the first quarter. Now his number wasn't called as much in the second quarter. He only had two touches. And from that point, his production kind of began to simmer down. So he ended up finishing the game 66 yards rushing on 22 carries. He also had five catches for 29 yards. So, you know, if you're looking at those numbers, you're not going to say that it was some breakout performance, but nonetheless, the guy is still impressing. The team loves him. His versatility makes him the most viable running back on this team. So receiving wise, again, this is a game where Ryan Fitzpatrick only threw for 160 yards. Devontae Parker was the one who led the way for the team. He had 69 yards on five catches and he caught Every single pass that was thrown his way. Mike Kosicki had only one catch in this game, but it was a nice jumping 15 yard touchdown. And then Preston Williams also had a nice little appearance here. He had two catches, and one of those was a three yard touchdown. Jakeem Grant, I will also say, had a very impressive diving catch. It was one where rookie CJ Anderson uh, oddly stopped right next to him and started clapping his hands, kind of forgot that in the NFL you have to touch a guy down. So that was a little bit weird to see. And then he also had this very nice uh, long rush so Jakeem Grant in this one finished the game with 48 total yards that wraps up the offensive side of the ball now if we go look at the defense this is where all the concerns have been Uh, you know last week the offense came alive but now it's time to see what the defense did And the defense looked improved. There were still, uh, you know, a ton of things that left people frustrated, especially at the beginning of the game. But in this one, they appeared to make adjustments. And that is something they did not do against New England and against Buffalo. So for the Jaguars, James Robinson looked like he was going to be a big problem for the Dolphins on the ground. He had 36 yards in the first half, but he ended up finishing the game with 46 now, as for some of the other guys here, uh, the Dolphins really capitalized off DJ Chark, who missed the game. No receiver for Jacksonville had more than 43 yards. Now, I will say James Robinson, the running back, the rookie, he did have 83. But I will say, I do think the team prefers having a running back get all the yards. You know, keeping the person in front of you, allowing your guys to make tackle uh, tackles. I think they would prefer that over what happened last week with Stephon Diggs, with John Brown, with Cole Beasley, all racking up yards. I think this was a much better scenario for them. Now, Gardner Minshew, if you listen to my preview episode, I kind of uh, talked about how he likes to hold onto the ball a little bit too long. So this is kind of a combination of the Dolphins applying some good pressure and also him holding onto the ball, what I thought was a little bit too long. So in this game, Minshew was sacked four times, uh, once by Camu Grugier-Hill and once by Andrew Van Ginkle. Emmanuel Ogba and Zach Sealer combined for a sack as well. And then Kyle Van Noy, He had this huge play in this game where he got a strip sack on Minshew. He actually somehow dived onto the ball, made the recovery himself. It was a play that set up Miami perfectly to score when they were in the Jacksonville red zone. So overall, uh, you know, a pretty solid game from the pressure, but Emmanuel Ogba, I thought, looked like a force. He looked dominant all night. He was constantly disrupting the pocket, getting around the edge, getting in Minshew's face and forcing him to go down the center. And then he was also shutting off the edge on a lot of these runs. I thought Emmanuel Ogba in this game, he looked really really good. Now, by looking at the Jaguars receiving numbers, you can see that the secondary had a better day. It wasn't perfect. You know, Chris Conley in this game, he had several big drops. There was a play where uh, Minshew overthrew him on what would have been a long touchdown. Uh, As I mentioned also in the preview, uh, Minshew likes to do these little pump fakes. He did that on this play. He got Noah Igbenogany to kind of bite on it and it would have been a huge touchdown, but Minshew missed him. But there were some improvements and of those improvements, Noah Igbenogany, he broke up a pass in the end zone that was intended to rookie Colin Johnson. Igbenogany also had this great, open field tackle on Chenault on a third down earlier in the game and overall Igbenogny was just making some very solid tackles throughout this game. Now, uh, Xavier Howard, towards the tail end of this game, he came away with a late-game interception. It basically sealed it at that point. Uh, what kind of worried me was he was kind of limping as he went to the sideline. He was holding the back of his knee. As many of us know that he has had knee uh, knee issues throughout his career. And this past offseason, he had a, a minor knee surgery. So uh, that's something to monitor, I think, as we move forward. Uh, Landon Roberts appeared to really struggle, I thought, in this game. He looked flat. Flat-footed multiple times where his man would just kind of blow right past him. He didn't look like he was able to make these tackles. Uh, There was a third down play where Brandon Jones uh, missed an interception and then him and Kyle Van Noy and Jerome Baker all proceeded to miss the tackle and uh, it turned into a huge game for Chennault and that was a little bit discouraging towards the beginning of the game but overall it wasn't perfect but I can definitively say that it was a lot better. So here are my takeaways for this game. The first one is It's time to stop questioning the offensive line. It's easy to point at all the young players here and look at all the moving parts and think this is a group that would have some hiccups. It's easy to reflect back on the offensive lines that Miami has had for years and think it would be more of the same. But for now, that is not the case at all. These guys have proven they can hang and it's time that they get the props that they deserve for their play. Uh, My next takeaway is that Miami's defense is getting better, but it still has a ways to go. They don't deserve the intense criticism they received after their first two games right now. They did enough to silence the critics, but now it's gonna be, Time to prove them wrong. One solid game for me against a subpar offense that was missing their wide receiver one isn't quite enough to flat out erase the narrative, but it's enough to put it on pause for at least another week. So I do want to see if they could continue to build off it, but regardless, this was a lot better. And then my last takeaway for this game is that Miles Gaskin is the best running back on this team. You know, a part of me wanted to say this after week one, but it was far too early. Then after week two, I really wanted to say it but I restrained myself because I was still very big on Brita and he had a good game that week too, so I held back. But now it's indisputable that Gaskin is the guy right now. His vision is terrific as well as his ability to remain balanced after taking hits. He's reliable as a pass blocker. His abilities as a receiver as well forces the defense to, to stay on their toes. So, Miles Gaskin isn't a quirky gadget player. He isn't just, you know, riding the hot hand. He looks like the legitimate lead back for the Miami Dolphins. So, guys, I would love to know what you guys think about this game. Is there anything that you think I missed? Of course, this was just after the first night, so uh, the coach's film isn't out, and I do plan on checking it out, but I was able to re-watch this game and kind of uh, get a better, a better feel for some of the things. Uh, but I will say a very encouraging performance. This was something that I love to see. It was a great way to spend my Thursday night, as I'm sure many of you guys would agree. And before I wrap up this episode, if you haven't checked it out on Twitter, I am doing a giveaway. It includes a Miles Gaskin autographed rookie card. It looks nice. The thing looks sick. It also includes a Tua Tungavailoa rookie card insert, as well as an autograph of Malcolm Perry. All of that is in the giveaway on Twitter. If you retweet it, you are entered into the contest. You also have to be following. And if you are are on youtube and you're watching this if you leave a comment down below saying fins up and are subscribed to me you could also be included in the contest so guys as always if you want to follow me on twitter you can do so that is at via the source if you like to follow my personal account you can do so at shady steven i would greatly appreciate all of those as well as if you could leave a review on the apple podcast app you know if you like it you can say that you like it if you didn't like it give me things to improve on. If there's anything you would like for me to discuss or comments, uh, I had people asking me fancy football questions. If you guys know me, I've been playing fancy football, legit, I've been the commissioner of my league since I was 11 years old. So to say I know something about fancy football would be an understatement. Feel free to ask me your questions. I love getting those. I could discuss those in future episodes if you'd like. Uh, That's how I'm gonna wrap it up though, guys. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso. This was Via the Source.